Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, I'm going to be talking with board-certified pediatrician, author, mother of eight, Dr. Mary Wild, on how to use an integrative approach, and we're talking your mind, your body, as well as your spirit, to decrease anxiety during these anxious times. Plus, she's given a pretty amazing metaphor of how the COVID-19 virus is similar to a new breed of dog. You're going to have to hear this one. And she gives solid examples of things to do for yourself, as well as your family, to help truly connect during these difficult days. That and so much more coming up on the virtual couch. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a second and yes, this is uh, this is an ad, but I, I want this to be a little bit different right now. Honestly, whether or not you click through my link or follow the referral code I'm about to give you um, is a bit irrelevant. I think for right now with a lot of the things that we're kind of dealing with as a country, as a world, the, the pandemic around COVID-19, the coronavirus, that there are a lot of people that are struggling with some of their mental health challenges. And I know that because of the texts that I get as a therapist, that people are worried about getting into uh, to see their therapist, especially if they've worked on a lot of things in the past. And so I just want to encourage you to reach out to your therapist. A lot of therapists do have telehealth options available. I know that's, uh, I reached out to my a lot of my clients yesterday, let them know that. But if you if yours doesn't, or if you um, are really, I don't know, maybe this is the thing that has caused you to feel like you really do want to talk to somebody, or you are having maybe an extra bit of anxiety or uh, depression has kind of kicked in, then online therapy really is, um, it does work. And so uh, go to betterhelp.com if you want, betterhelp.com slash virtual couch to get 10% off your first month. Again, I hope you can tell that the last thing I want to do is sound like I'm trying to capitalize on this, but I feel like um, betterhelp.com has been an amazing partner and I get feedback uh, regularly of people that didn't realize that uh, the world of online counseling could be as beneficial as it could be. So um, just just head over there if you want the 10% off your first month. You can use uh, my code, thebetterhelp.com slash virtual couch. But regardless, just uh, if you really need help, online counseling is there and they have an amazing assessment tool to get you matched up to the right person. And obviously, you don't have to leave your home. You can do it uh, video. You can do phone. They do text, email, that sort of thing. And there's uh, it's available worldwide. So let me just kind of end it there. And uh, if you need the help, please either please reach out to your own therapist, see if they're still um, working with people, whether it's, uh, you know, over the phone or telehealth, teletherapy. And if you, if you're really struggling with some uh, mental health issues or anxiety, depression, that sort of thing, then at least give betterhelp.com uh, a try as well. And again, if you feel like it, betterhelp.com slash virtual couch gives you 10% off the first month. Um, but all right, Hey, I wish you all the best and, uh, and uh, you know, let's get to today's show. Thanks. Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, uh, ultra marathon runner, and co author of the best selling book, He's a Porn Addict. Now, what? An expert and a former addict answer your questions, in which I play the role of the expert. Um, it is now on, I think, about two and a half months, maybe three months, uh, as a bestseller on Amazon in the sexual health and recovery category. And so, uh, please, if, you, if anyone has been struggling to put pornography or any kind of compulsive sexual behavior behind them ever, um, or if you're the spouse of someone, who is in that position, I would love it if you would uh, give the book a shot because I really believe that it is, it's doing a lot of good. It can help. So um, also founder of The Path Back, which is an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. And uh, so if it's, I don't know if you've ever wanted to put that behind you, I'm not even saying we don't have to call it an addiction. We don't have to call it anything. If it is something that you don't want in your life, then uh, please give The Path Back 
a shot pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to put it behind them once and for all. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And I'm going to make this so fast. I want to get to this bonus episode today with Dr. Mary Wild. And she, uh, it was an incredible interview um, that, that came together in the span of about 24 hours. And uh, so very quickly, um, you can follow the virtual couch on Instagram at virtual couch. Uh, the Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist page on Facebook, as well as go to TonyOverbay.com and sign up to find out more about something I talk about, I think, in the interview, maybe with uh, uh, Dr. Mary. And that is the, um, I'm coming with up with a very, a very short, very succinct, but hopefully very helpful um, kind of a mini workshop that's going to be free. It's on acceptance and commitment therapy that's going to come out very soon because I know that there are people that are, they're, they're in their homes, they're in their heads. And so I want to help. So um, go to TonyOverbay.com and sign up to find out more about that and many other things that are, that are happening. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Mary Wild. So Dr. Mary uh, is a certified, a board certified pediatrician. Um, she's an author and she's a mother of eight. It's incredible. And go to the YouTube channel. We, uh, Dr. Mary and I are both going to put these, um, this episode on our YouTube channels as well as going out on the podcast. Maybe you're hearing it there. She's a very accomplished pediatrician. And she's written uh, books about how to talk to your kids about anxiety. And she has a very integrative approach um, reading off of her website. And then I'll have all the links to that in the show notes here today as well. But um, she just says that she has special training in what she says calls mind-body medicine to help kids build skills of self-regulation and coping through guided imagery and focused practice. And so she works in all areas as a pediatrician. Um, such as chronic pain, ADHD, uh, potty training difficulties, sleep problems, childhood obesity, and then anxiety, depression, phobias, habit problems, adjustment difficulty. And, and so she does say that she uses the best of modern medicine while being open to evidence-based alternative therapies. And I think that you're going to get a sense for that from Dr. Mary on this episode today. And even if you're tired, honestly, of hearing about COVID-19, the coronavirus, we talked just very briefly, just in a nutshell about kind of what, what that is and, and why it's important to be aware of, um, kind of know, a lot of, a lot of information, but we also talk about how we can spend too much time, uh, diving into the information about COVID-19 and, and kind of causing more anxiety in us. And from that point, uh, Dr. Mary steals the show and we do so much around just talking about ways to, to be in the moment, to feel the feelings. We talk about specific examples of things that you can do during this time um, that are that are going to help you kind of get more in touch with yourself, maybe more in touch with your spouse, maybe more in touch with your kids. So I hope that you'll give this a listen. I think that she uh, does a really nice job of what she even talks about, again, of this mind, body, a whole integrative approach. So I'm going to leave it right there. And all of the, da- the data of how to get a hold of Dr. Mary, she references in the interview a lot of uh, good um, content that I'll have links to as well. And, uh, and I hope that you're all doing well. And I will see you next week again on the virtual couch. All right. Hey, Dr. Mary, welcome to the virtual. Uh, uh, okay. Now I'm going to cut that one. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Dr. Mary, welcome to the virtual couch. Thank you so much, Tony, for having me. No, I'm really excited about this. And uh, we were talking a little bit off mic and I, I really want to, um, 
to a listener, they're going to think, man, Tony's a crummy interviewer today, but I really want to get to some of the things that we were even talking about off mic and, and really get to a lot of like the tips and tools and strategies you have. So if at any point you feel like I am going off in the weeds, um, you know, I used to teach uh, early morning seminary and I would say, you know, no, no wrong answer or whatever. But sometimes I would say, you know, that's a great question, but let me answer it this way. So if you do that, Dr. Mary, I know that uh, okay. you're, you're directing me in a different uh, place. Is that okay? Sure. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, so we're, we're here to talk about, well, actually, what are we here to talk about today? Well, we're here to talk about COVID-19. It's, it's on the forefront of all of our minds. And at the same time as we're tired of hearing about it, we keep wanting to know more about it. Yeah. And, and we, we don't know how to deal with this new situation. So my hope is to be able to speak to parents and, and give them resources that they can really translate and share with their kids to help ease this experience that's new for all of us. Well, and okay, and I love that you're, uh, you're kind of going right to parents. I mean, as a therapist, what I have noticed this week, um, kids are at home and parents have a lot of time with kids and, it's, uh, and there are a lot of questions and I feel like a lot of parents aren't quite sure what to do or say and they're having their own experiences and, and, right. Right, and not sure how to even uh, translate that to kids. So right out of the gate, I mean, would you say that, uh, I mean, I'm assuming... Um, this would be a podcast or a video. We're both going to put this on our YouTube channels that people could sit down and watch with their kids. Yes, I think so. Although I, I'm going to direct more of my messages to parents directly because I feel okay. like, especially with younger kids, um, it's the parents that become the translators of the information to the kids and, and, and the kids receive it best from their own parents, I believe. Um, although it's so nice to take in certain information and resources together. But, but I think my message is mostly directed to parents and, and kind of guiding them about how to, how to work with their kids. No, that's perfect. Um, can I start with asking a, a question for a friend? Sure. My way of saying that really, am I the only one that, you know, <laughs> so much about, you know, coronavirus and now, now we're talking about COVID-19 right. and uh, what's the difference? Is there a difference? Well, coronavirus is the general name for the class of virus. And so there have been various types. Um, you know, coronavirus is the same virus that causes the common cold, but there have been different genetic mutations within this RNA virus that um, has shown up in different places in different ways. And so um, it just gets named in um, with a distinct name. So there's the SARS coronavirus, there's the MERS of coronavirus. And um, so initially, this was called SARS coronavirus 2. And it's also been called the novel coronavirus. It's also been called the Wuhan coronavirus. It's also yeah. now called COVID-19. So all just synonyms for the same thing. But um, really, I, you know, the way that I kind of think about it in my own mind, although it's a very simplistic and, and sort of inaccurate way to think about it because viruses are actually not living particles. They are more like parasitic um, structures that take over our host cells. But I think about it a little bit like dog breeds, you know, that, you know, it's, they're all just different kind of breeds of the same, but have very different personalities, very different ways they show up. And what's really unique about COVID-19 is that it's new. And so, we don't know how to how it's going to go, and so that's really has um, made people pause. Um, also, it's 
um, a, a virus that has shown to cause some very significant disease and to be um, very contagious. And so, of course, this gets the authorities in, yeah. um, you know, infectious infection control uh, very alarmed. And so, so it is something to pay attention to. It's not just your run-of-the-mill common cold that's only going to affect a handful of people. Um, so I believe as we watch, you know, the different areas of the country that have, and areas of the world that have experienced this a little bit of ahead of us, then we do need to take lesson and take notice. Yeah. I love the dog breed uh, part. I don't know if it's my own personal, you know, <laughs> battle with, uh, with ADD, but it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a dog breed type because I'll get uh, hate mail about, you know, if I call it a Rottweiler or a, you know, whatever. right. right. It's this new dog. And right now it's, it's, it's going to the bathroom everywhere. So we got right. you know, what we can do to, to deal with this. So what are the basic um, precautions you recommend as a pediatrician? So it is very important to just get on the same page with our kids and really take the recommendations from the CDC seriously that social distancing is important right now and and maybe for months. So I know that a lot of organizations are kind of holding the reins and saying, oh, maybe it's just going to be a couple weeks and, you know, not wanting to cancel things. But um, realistically speaking, this likely is going to affect our lives for months or more, you know, but I think that the social distancing is very important. And I will include in on my website and share with you a link to a wonderful article explaining why social distancing works. And it's really a matter of flattening the curve of number of cases at a given time. And so the health system is not overwhelmed. So we hear of cases in Italy and China and elsewhere where medical professionals are having to provide medical care in tents and having to choose between critical cases to decide who gets the ventilator. And, and, you know, these things are real. And um, so we can help not overwhelm our health system if we can just let the virus um, creep in at the slowest rate possible. Yeah. So other measures are good hand washing. You know that twenty second with soap hand wash that's going. You know, being thorough through the web spaces under the fingernails. Um, teaching your kids to sing a song while they wash their hands. Um, and I love all this. So I like to the and I just I have a very real um, example with uh, you know I see a handful of clients that are doctors or nurses or in the healthcare industry and one did lay out to me yesterday this concept of you know if, uh, if he's going back to work and then if you know they're trying to get all the supplies they need to protect them the people that are kind of working on the front lines and mm-hmm. and if there are a a lot of people then there can be a potential where the the what the uh, respiratory therapists are overwhelmed or mm-hmm. there's not enough of the ventilators or if somebody mm-hmm. in the medical field gets um, contaminated, they have to uh, then quarantine themselves as well. And so it really, I, I, I felt it. I mean, I really, not mm-hmm. that I didn't believe it, but I felt it for the first time of, okay, really the, the slower that we can have this thing kind of progress, it really is the better. Cause I do have people often in my office that say, let's just do it. Let's just get it done with, you know, bring it on. I, I want it. You know, I'm going to go touch every doorknob and every handle and, and I, uh, man, bless your heart for one. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. It's not, not a good idea. So I know right. I appreciate that. I'm glad you're going to share the, the article um, on your website too. I think right. that would be great. 
Right. Um, so can I ask you a quite your opinion? Mm-hmm. And so I hear then people say that they're even my, my kids, friends, that some of them, they're, they're teenagers and their parents won't let a kid go out, you know, versus the parents that are basically feeling like, Hey, it's spring break. It's not going to affect the kids. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just make sure you wash your hands a few more times. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. What are, what's your thought? What are your opinion? Well, I think that the more we can truly um, commit to the social distancing, the true social distancing, the better it will be. Um, so if we, you know, continue with our play dates, continue with, you know, though we're not meeting in a classroom, you know, contacting all the moms of <laughs> the kids in our class and say, hey, let's get together and play, then we're just negating the effort. So, yes, maybe it's not realistic to only stay in our family bubble. But if we can have a very contained agreed upon bubble where we get together with one family or we only get together, you know, or we just stay with our, with our immediate family, that is reasonable. But I do think that it is a bit cavalier to just go on our merry way and continue with the social interactions, even at a smaller scale, um, because they're all just touch points for times for this virus to spread. Okay. And, and I, I appreciate that too. And I feel like in the, in the therapist world, in the pediatrician world, I mean, even if it's a, um, just, you know, get through the next time that your kid says, but I really want to go out, you know, it's a, a don't all or nothing thing. I mean, we'll kind of maybe get to the, some cognitive distortions here in a little bit yeah. too, but right. it's just, you know, be as present as you can in the moment. And cause I think people will feel like, my goodness, this is impossible. They're asking me, you know, again, if they can go with their friends and fine, just go do whatever you want. And no, I mean, we can work on those in a, in a situation by situation basis, one at a time. Um, okay. So, so maybe let's, can we kind of get to some of your, your tips? I would love for you to just kind of take the reins and drive here and just, um, yeah. What, what are your, what are your tips? Well, I'd like to just go back one okay. step and share just a couple more points okay. about the recommendations with COVID-19. So it's, it's still very important to do the basic healthy practices, the eating healthy, the getting rest and, um, you know, having exercise. And, um, and I think too, um, even though we're social distancing, that doesn't mean we have to be socially isolated because that is not healthy either. So we can connect virtually. Um, also we can potentially based on what our options are in our our local area, we can potentially go places more remote. So last weekend, my family went on a hike up in a Canyon and we were the only ones there, but we, our kids were able to run and play and, um, you know, connect with nature. And, and so that felt a lot more freeing than, than feeling like we cannot leave the threshold of our home. (laughs) I I love that. Just being a little more creative. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. And I have, a, I had a client yesterday tell me that they, uh, he's playing a game. Um, I, I hear it about uh, settlers of uh, Catan or something via yeah. zoom. Like we're doing our interview yeah. with, uh, right. with a couple of friends. So, I mean, I yeah. thought, okay, creative, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and we really are creative. And, and I think that, um, kind of moving into some of the other recommendations, it's important to trust ourselves that we have ideas within ourselves. Mm. I, I know that, um, you know, there's so many resources showing up on, on social media about do this, go there, this is free now. Um, and it can be very overwhelming. And so I think we need to recognize that 
aside from all of that, we ourselves can come up with solutions for our own family. And even if we never looked at those ideas, um, we would probably be fine because we are creative, we are resourceful, and we can be in tune with our own feelings about what our family needs. So, you know, I, I was looking online and, and I saw, started seeing all these color-coded schedules for the time with kids at home. And I thought, you know, this is great. You know, this is a great reminder that I need to start thinking about some structure for my family and for my kids. But I recognized quickly that after a certain point, I started to feel a constriction within yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And it was time for me to stop looking at them because um, they were not quite the right resource for me because I'm more of a go with the flow kind of person. And, and I don't do well <laughs> with a schedule that's like from seven to eight, do this from eight to nine, do this. And also the realism of family life, the realistic, you know, expectation of family life, it usually doesn't go that way either. So, so, you know, for myself, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to do, you know, say I'm going to do four or five things a day, trying to do something fun, something educational, something where I'm being productive, (laughs) something that I'm doing something for myself and something for someone else. You know, that, that for me was something that just kind of put it to my level where I could go with the flow and, and recognize that I'm not even going to get to those four or five things every day. And that's, but, and that's perfectly um, fine. Right. And I, and I like yeah. where you're going here too. I feel like when people are reading all these things, you're right. I, I feel like, uh, they feel that they're being told you should, you should do this. If you're a, a good parent right now, you should be doing this or you should have this structure or, and so, um, I love that. I always say no one wants to be should on, but you know, you <laughs> able to read that and it's like, these are suggestions and you can take them in. And then I love what you said there. If I'm not a, a structured hour by hour person noted, but there's some good ideas here. Exactly. So I was kind of thinking this morning, it's, it's kind of like, if you pay for a ticket at Chuck-O-Rama or something like that, you don't have to be obligated to make yourself sick and then fill your plate over and over, just go and get the good stuff yeah. and go home. You, know? you don't have to try the weird uh, green bean thing that, uh, you know, like, right. right? No, that's a good point. I like that. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, that just deals with the idea of of just trusting ourselves. I think it's really important to trust ourselves and to take note of our own internal reactions and and let them be okay. So we don't need to feel guilty if we feel stressed out about the idea of being home with our kids in a different way than we have been in the past. And um, we, we can acknowledge that... Um, Things are not necessarily going to be ideal at every moment, but to just really be kind with ourselves and trust ourselves that we can get through this. So um, structure, I think, is a really important thing for families and kids in particular, because there's so many uncertainties around mm-hmm. there, around this, um, that I think having some s- somewhat more certain things can mm-hmm. be helpful, not not constricting um, dictated things that add tension, but just some things to hold on, hold on to and and count on. Yeah. Um, I also think it's so important to acknowledge, you know, I focus in my consulting practice on helping kids with anxiety. And, and the goal here is not zero anxiety because anxiety is a message to us um, that something 
needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and so our anxiety reflects that we care. It reflects that we care that something is happening in the world. And we want our kids to care. We want to care. And so um, we don't want to shut that down. Right. And um, also anxiety is something that motivates us to do wise things, to, to take the CDC recommendations, to make the recommended adjustments. So having a little bit of um, energy going towards this COVID-19 is not a pathologic thing. It's actually a healthy thing. We need to recognize what is the degree of healthy angst that I can feel towards this. But then with the rest, we'll talk about some tools to address letting go of the rest, but, but honoring, honoring what's there. Well, I, and I was uh, doing a little bit of background on you and I, and uh, you have a, a YouTube channel. You have a video there that about a month ago, you were talking about COVID-19 and how to talk about this. And I, I really enjoyed one part. I wrote this down where, and I might not be quoting you exactly, but it was almost the, the anxiety worry to the, the amount that it drives healthy change. Um, because you, you did a, a wonderful job of talking about, because then what happens when that worry becomes too much. And can you just give a quick uh, lesson on cortisol? I talk about it so yes. much in my podcast and my practice, but yes. you're, you're a physician, you know, you, yes. you have more authority than the therapist. So uh, talk about cortisol. What does that do? Well, so, you know, if we're so worried about um, beating this COVID-19, we actually might make ourselves more susceptible to it. So cortisol is a chemical that's released within our body when we have the stress response and it's natural to um, feel stressed at times. But um, when cortisol is released, all kinds of things happen that number one, make us less resourceful because um, all kinds of changes happen with the stress response. We um, changes in blood flow happen where the blood is going more to our large muscle groups as if we're going to fight away some kind of enemy um, less going to our thinking brain where we can actually problem solve and be resourceful. Um, so when, that, also, when an additional worry happens, I mean, so what you're saying is, you know, once the cortisol kind of takes over, I mean, I've always uh, said that, I mean, that shuts down that whole prefrontal cortex, right? The logical right. part of the brain. Right. So, so we're just point, yeah. less resourced. Yeah. Um, and so, and then also we know that it affects our immune function. And this would be not the best time to decrease our immune function with excessive worry. So there are physiologic reasons to try to stay calm. It's not just a good idea, just so we'll feel good. Um, There are physiologic reasons that staying calm will help us. And um, so I think that's important to recognize. And, and I love what you were saying as we were beginning this talk about anxiety and cortisol is telling someone not to worry about it. They don't magically go, oh, okay, I won't worry about it then. And then, you know, no, it's, I mean, we do have to be able to have a conversation or make room right. for the feelings. Exactly. And so I think it is really important. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute about some different strategies of specific ways that we can can deal with this. So um, I think some other things that are really important um, in terms of dealing with kids and helping them through this time is giving them age-appropriate information. Okay. So, so information that um, is, you know, as accurate as we can find um, can help us um, 
And, and there are a lot of wonderful resources to help parents teach kids about COVID-19. And I will share those resources with your audience and my audience. Um, I think that um, it's important not to overdo it on sensationalized media. And in fact, to be very selective in the media we share with our kids, because um, we can get caught in this constant checking and um, reviewing all these voices. And it's really not healthy to um, fixate on coronavirus. We need to stay informed, but but not fixate on it. It's it's something we have to adapt to and figure in, but it doesn't need to become at the forefront of our faces and um, block everything else out because that can be paralyzing. So um, I think keeping kids informed is important, telling them why they're doing what they're doing and um, helping them understand even the science and physiology of this disease um so they don't have to have unnecessary worries of you know just having air blow on them from outside and and feel vulnerable and but recognizing no these are the things these are the ways that the disease is transmitted this is what we can do about it and um this is what we are doing about it and now we're going on with other things um and some of the things that you're going to share uh to both our audiences is does that cover a lot of those or that age appropriate um, discussions? Um, well, some of those are more in the links and resources okay, uh, because there are just so many um, things and they're more experiential. And so it's hard mm-hmm. to just talk about them. Um, but I think the first step is having the conversation because okay. some parents are afraid to even acknowledge the, the presence of, of this pandemic. And, and I think that's a mistake yeah. because we have to honor our kids and their ability to and their need to really be in the loop with us mm. um, at the same time as we wisely filter the ways we're sharing. So it can be such a temptation just to be like, oh my goodness, come look at this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, uh, and and because we are just having a reaction and a and a, a news article or a, a YouTube video is kind of stirring something within us, and we it's our natural reaction just to say, hey, come here, look at this. <laughs> but we have to be careful and and not share things that may be more disturbing. Um, well, I like what you're saying, too, of, of, of in the opposite of that are the parents that are, and I've, I've heard of these, from these now as well, of, they don't want to talk about it at all. And if you're right? doing that, it's, it's in essence, and I know this isn't maybe uh, exactly the right parallel, but I have so many people that never have had the talk, you know, with their, right. their kids. And so their kids go find out the information from friends or, or online. So that similar concept, we want our kids to, we do want them to come to us so that we can be the one who helps filter that information or we have that discussion with them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I like what you're saying. There's that balance though of, of um, having the conversation and, and not just putting, you know, our blinders on, but also mm-hmm. not saying, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy, right? This is right. I, and, and then kind of if our kids now feeling overwhelmed or, or that sort of thing. And um, along with what we were talking about of um, helping kids connect <clears throat> with why they're doing what they're doing. I think this helps kids really be able to feel like the heroes that they are, you know, not in, it hasn't been in all um, periods of history that kids can do heroic things that actually save lives. You know, our kids want to be firemen and, and policemen and doctors and, but they can actually save lives by um, choosing to stay home, by washing their hands, by um, 
you know, doing the following these guidelines. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about the quote by Gandhi that talks about, you know, it's easy to be in a crowd, but it, you know, it takes courage to stand alone. Basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but this is one of those times when, um, we can say to our kids, we need to stand alone bravely and and we are actually saving lives by doing this and and it's true but i i want to take just a minute to honor the audience members here and the sacrifices that they're making for the public good i know there are you know kindergartners that just love their teachers and and they might not get to go say goodbye to them or college students that have worked so hard to get in programs abroad and, and they're just being canceled. And there are parents who have worked so hard to, to schedule these vacations, these special, yeah. special experiences for their kids and um, having to give that up for right now. But I want to just say thank you and it is worth it. And you're being heroic in, and brave in, in this, uh, these adjustments that you're making. And I think as we can connect with those reasons, then suddenly we're empowered. You know, we're not just victims of, oh, this is so annoying and this is so hard. And, but we're, we can feel ennobled by the choice we're making and, and actually make it more of a, a gift that we're giving, you know, to maybe somebody that we imagine in our mind among a vulnerable population that we care about, that we're actually handing our sacrifice to them as a gift. Wow. I love that. And you, I mean, making me get a little teary eyed. I know you've got eight kids. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know where all of those are. I, I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and we're learning, you know, yesterday promise canceled, you know, and, mm-hmm. and next is I would imagine graduation and those things. And it, mm-hmm. it does, it breaks your heart as a parent. Um, and so I appreciate what you shared there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think as parents, one of the first things we can do is anchor ourselves um, and, and do those things that help us feel centered and anchored. And, and maybe it means revisiting some yeah. strategies that, that we have been able to come away from or haven't really relied upon in the past, but it will be necessary to um, fortify ourselves as parents and come back to those healthy practices, those, um, you know, taking some time to, um, recharge spiritually and physically and emotionally. And, um, and kids really look to us to be that anchor and, um, particularly young children who may not even be able to verbally express their perception of the tension that is looming about um, or understand the conversation, they feel it. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I have training in pediatric hypnosis. And one thing that, um, that was so profound to me was that you could actually um, get a very young child, like a baby in a, very relaxed, calm state by involving the mother in um, a relaxation exercise that the, the child, you know, it matches the breathing pattern and, um, and you know, the, the muscle tension or, or looseness of the mother. And so we, if we can take care of ourselves, we'll be about 75% there of taking care of our kids. So how do how does one do that then if maybe they haven't had that practice? I love what you're saying about maybe now is the time to reconnect, you know, spiritually or reconnect to those foundational principles that mm-hmm. that, that got us to a point that uh, of strength because mm-hmm. life is crazy and hectic and even in this uh, 
what feels extremely hectic, I mean, you're absolutely right. We need to kind of go back to that, that spiritual grounding or that foundational or fundamental mm-hmm. principles. So if, if someone has gotten away from that or, or what you're talking about now with even the uh, pediatric hypnosis or mm-hmm. I don't know, where do you go next? Do you have uh, experiences, examples, things that people can kind of, where do they start? Yes. So I think, why don't we talk about these strategies from a mind, body, spirit standpoint? So that's how I address things in my consulting practice as an integrative pediatrician. Um, And so first let's talk about strategies of the mind. Um, You know, as a therapist, you are very well-schooled and, you know, have as your expertise um, cognitive behavioral therapy and and the ideas of cognitive distortions yeah. that can come in and um, kind of hijack us in some ways. And so I think every person should know about what these typical cognitive distortions are that particularly can put us at risk for higher anxiety in um, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe we could review those briefly and talk about an example, like a few of those, an example of each, and then how we could fix that thought. That would be so, great. Um, it's funny you saying this. I have to, I don't know why I feel this need to, as mm-hmm. if I'm in show and tell, but I mean, I, uh, I'm actually preparing an episode, whether it's next week or the week after. And I have this, uh, this, this list of the, you know, 10 cognitive distortions, because I feel like it is, it's, I love that you were going there because this is mm-hmm. something I've been dealing with a lot this week. Yes. Um, it, you know, yeah. So important. And, and these are not just distortions that people who go to therapy need to know about. Oh, these are distortions oh, that we all fall to. And so in my, in my practice, I talk to the kids about these being tricky thoughts where the voice of worry is, is trying to trick us into, you know, looking at things inaccurately. And so um, I think the, the three top um, of the tricky thoughts or cognitive distortions that we're at risk for here are catastrophic thinking, um, you know, the all or nothing black and white thinking and, you know, also the filtering, you know, looking specifically at all the negative. And um, so, so for example, um, catastrophic thinking, you know, we can think, oh no, we're all going to die. We're, you know, this is, um, and, and that's really like maybe the, the end fear um, in the back of all our minds, you know, this ap- apocalyptic moment, but, but really, um, how can we fix that thought? Um, we can think about what is our experience right now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, right now I have food for dinner right now. I'm healthy right now. I, um, have my family around me. Um, you know, so thinking about what is my true experience right now? Um, and instead of asking disempowering questions like what if what if what if asking what now you know what can i do now with the circumstances in front of me um and i want and i want if i can just jump in super yes, quick please. yeah you're right uh, absolutely schooled in in cognitive behavioral therapy cbt and i do a lot on my podcast about an offshoot of that which is acceptance and commitment therapy which yes. grew out of cbt and and i think it just frames even cognitive distortions well where and we talked about this earlier, perfectly normal to have the thoughts and feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. because you're a human who has had the experience you had up to that point. 
And then I love that, you know, the, yeah, but what if, and I love how you're saying that and, 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 and act and acceptance and commitment therapy. I love this concept where we're not even, we're not even arguing if that statement is true or false. Maybe it is true. Maybe it's not, but mm-hmm. it's white. What exactly what you said, we'll note that. And then let's come back to present. Well, what, what now? I love that. So it is a nice, uh, so anybody that's feeling like, yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. I really think about this stuff a lot. It's like, okay, yeah. that's wonderful. That's you. Right. So um, we're not, yeah. So now, but we're still going to try to come back to present. So I love the what, yeah, not the what if, the what ifs happen all the time, but what now? Oh, I'm taking that one from you, Dr. Mary. <laughs> also with um, the, the all or nothing thinking, you know, I think about this particularly with mothers and maybe that's because that's my context, but I think a lot of moms are going to be at risk of, of thinking, oh, my house is just this chaotic place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just such a bad mom. I'm not able to create this haven of education and productivity and peace. And, um, but really, um, you know, it's all on a continuum and it's all just a process and, and we can say, so what went well today and what needs to happen differently for tomorrow? And, um, and so I think that that is one place where we can stop ourselves from being, you know, distorted in our thoughts, like just not letting ourselves go there of, of trying to say, either I'm an awesome mom or I'm a terrible mom, you know? Uh, yeah. And then one of the kind of distortions that, I mean, that I, and when I didn't realize we were going to go here and I love this is mm-hmm. I, one of my, I am so aware of is that discounting the positive. It's, you know, yeah. rejecting the positive experience because there are going to be wins throughout the day and there, and will. I, there will be. And, but then people that I always say that people get into the, you know, the, yeah, but yeah, but then I did this. Yeah. But you know, and, and don't discount those positive experiences. I mean, those right. are right. Those are what we want to build off of. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on like, what are all these things we're giving up? Oh no, this is so tragic. You know, yes, we can focus on that and honor that. But at the same time say, wow, what are we learning? What are the lessons here? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're actually giving, been, we've been given this gift of just turning inward to our family, something that we actually kind of like often verbalize that we wish for. Absolutely. Um, not like we'd wish for it to be this right. way, but in some ways, this has given us a wonderful opportunity um, to just pause and slow down and turn inward and um, looking for that. Also looking for and, and being grateful for the opportunity to be kind of shaken out of our illusion that we're in control somehow. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and so all these things are, are, are gifts. And so if we can see the gifts as well as the, the struggle. Well, I, had a, I had a wonderful session yesterday with a guy who he didn't come in with this thought, but we processed it till he got to the point where he said, I'm always wanting more free time. And now that I have the free time, I'm realizing I now I want to go back to the office and cause I think I'll really be productive. Right. right. And both of those, we, we recognize that and it's not being present, you know, it's just not being in that, in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Right. And there's that experiential avoidance of, well, if I had more free time, then I would do these things down the road, you know, or, and, and it was just, it was a, it was a nice moment. We, you know, we really felt that one in the session. That's wonderful. And it just brings to mind, um, I have a son who's on a mission in Thailand right now and he is under a quarantine situation and and so, you know, this young man who is so enthusiastic to just go out there and serve people and, you know, he has to stay in his apartment all day long. And, but, 
he is really an example to me of being present. He's yeah. cleaning his apartment. He's learning how to do a <laughs> one-handed handstand. He's learning oh. how to <laughs> play the piano. He's studying Thai. He's, you know, doing all kinds of um, scriptural and, and um, faith-based study and, yeah. and reaching out virtually in the ways that are possible. And um, so I really, I really admire his example of just being able to be in that moment. And, 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 you know, in some ways I was thinking about the Buddhist tradition that is prevalent in Thailand and how, and how some of us in our society, we actually like pay money to have people have us be in these isolation retreats or silence retreats. And, um, and um, this is one that's kind of being imposed upon us, but it can actually be a spiritual teacher for us. Yeah. So. No, that's, that, that's wonderful. That is. Do, do you want to talk about any other additional cognitive distortion? Yeah. Or, or well, well, maybe just the one we'll touch upon one more of like jumping to conclusions, like my neighbor's buying 10 packs of toilet paper. So I need to buy 10 packs of toilet paper yeah. too, <laughs> you know? Um, so we, we can just look and trust our situation and the, our, our solutions may look different than other people's. So I know. Yeah, and, and in the jumping to conclusions on the notes I'm, I'm putting together for this uh, future podcast, I do have the all time favorites, mind reading and fortune telling. Right. Yes. Um, that's yes. Uh, I mean, just people just assuming that we know, I mean, I don't know, maybe the 10 toilet paper family has uh, um, 10 kids with very active uh, bowels. I don't know, you know, right. Right. So maybe they actually do need it. Maybe it doesn't mean that we need the toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, yeah. Um, okay. No, that's a, I love that one. And, and I'm, again, I'm grateful you brought up cognitive distortions and, and I'm, I'm going to do more with that down the road. So thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. That's perfect. And, and I think, um, you know, I also work with families on mindfulness and, um, um, I think and imagery and the power of of the images that we hold, um, and and so I'll put some links to wonderful resources that have been donated and shared generously, and um, you know also you know a link to my course that is a resource for um, kids and teens and and families wanting to do a more organized practice of, of these strategies. But so, okay. Are you, yeah. are, are you going to do one now? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, maybe let's wait till we get to the spirit strategies because Perfect. I think Be that the, the mindfulness self-compassion also fits in that category. So let's move a little bit to body strategies. Okay. So I think that even though we're in the house, we don't have to sit on the couch. I know this is the virtual couch, but oh. <laughs> more, by the way, when you said this, uh, you know, yes, it would be very, weird. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so there are a lot of things that we can do with our body that really change the way that our body feels. And, um, I love yoga because it's like a metaphor for everything we want emotionally. It, it promotes strength, flexibility, balance, um, also makes us sit in sort of uncomfortable mm. positions and, and just tolerate it a little bit. And, and we, these are the things we need to do emotionally. And so I love yoga for that reason. And um, I'm trained in a program called Yoga Calm that actually um, uses yoga to take kids from one place, the emotion that they're at. And so starts with yoga poses that can, uh, you know, relate to the emotion that they have and then slowly brings them to a different emotion that's that's more healthy or desired at that moment and we know that you know certain ways of moving our body help us feel more empowered and certain ways of moving our body help us feel 
more comforted. Mm. Usually the closing and bending, um, things that we naturally feel to do, like, you know, we all just want to get in the fetal position and in a blanket. Right. So that's actually a very wise thing um, that our body wants to do. It's a calming activity. Mm. And so, um, so using things like yoga um, can be very powerful. Also, you know, diaphragmatic breathing is a wonderful tool. Tapping um, the EFT technique can be very helpful to process trauma and stress. Um, we won't get into that, but I will, you know, on my channel okay. also be doing some, you know, specific videos on these techniques as that well. Be, I have to say, I, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but I, yeah. EFT, I, t I talk about that as a couples therapy modality, emotionally focused therapy, but mm -hmm. your, that EFT you're talking about is, uh, it's, uh, is it uh, freedom tapping? It's, I forget what the E is there. Is it emotional freedom? It is, it is still, it, well, it's, it's still emotional freedom technique. It's still, yeah. Well, so, but it's, yeah. uh, it has to do with literal tapping. I've had, I've had a oh, client or two that hear about me talk about EFT for oh. couples. And, and I had a woman come in and do a whole, we finished a session. She said, when are you going to start tapping on me? <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I am talking about the tapping, but they yeah. still do call it the emotional freedom technique. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so, but but yes, it's actually the physically ta physical tapping on acupressure points that change yeah. your, your internal energy. And it's, it's, a, a, it's an evidence-based method that really can change the way we or, or enable us to process emotions yeah, in a physical perfect. way. So also exercise. Like, we don't, like I said, we don't have to just sit on the couch when we're home. Um, there are so many online resources where you can do, you can learn yoga, you can do an online workout. Um, you know, depending on your locality, you may be able to go out to a, a more remote place with your family and, and run and play and, and, and do things like that. But we know that exercise brings, you know, exercise brings endorphins to us. Um, and it's, it's, those are the feel good chemicals that, that heal us. And, um, I love the work of Bessel van der Kolk, who yes. he, he wrote a book called your body keeps the score. And, and often we do carry our stresses within our body um and we don't even realize it so let's just acknowledge just for a minute right now how we're feeling so um as we're talking about coronavirus just notice inside your body if you feel like you're carrying that stress or worry about coronavirus in any particular place you know some people might feel it like oh oh yeah i feel it in my shoulders so let your shoulders drop let your let your brow soften and take some Deep, gentle breaths. And see if there's any particular place. Or do you feel kind of an aching or an emptiness in your heart? Or do you feel some tension in your stomach? Just, just notice if there's any place in your body that you can pinpoint that you're feeling this stress. And usually there is. Usually we can be like, I didn't think about that. But yes. And so if we can just allow some of that extra tension to just drop down and drop away um that can be really helpful and and just notice it and acknowledge it and let it go and and even maybe put a hand over that place where we're feeling it you know just to acknowledge it with some kindness and compassion and to say it's okay you're here i see you i hear you and then it can kind of be free it's it sent its message to us and it can go away <laughs> so 
I love that. I do. I do. I think that that's uh, where people do feel like I, they want to ignore that. And, and uh, what the, um, oh, what is it? The thought suppression, even the emotional suppression uh, is not a productive way to work. I mean, because your body wants to be heard and, and it wants to let you know. And that's where I always feel like, bless your body's heart. I mean, it really does think it's doing you a favor with anxiety or it thinks it's doing right. you a favor with all these things. So I love that. Acknowledge it. Give it a pat even. You know, and uh, don't, it doesn't have to go away right away. Exactly. It can stay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it over here to the side for a little while so I can right. get back to what I'm doing. Right. Right. And if, if it's been allowed to give its message, then it's more likely to move on. <laughs> and I promise people hearing this, this is the part where I tell you a decade ago when I was even a, a still, I mean, I was a therapist full fledged, but if I would have heard you and I talking about this back then, I would have fast forwarded, you know, I would have, right. and, and it is so true though. And even as you are doing this exercise right now, you know, I already did my, my, my daily headspace this morning and I, and I want and I just, I, I'm not trying to flex as the kids say these days, but I just, I felt so calm because it is a, it's such a wonderful practice. And even if you are, go watch the YouTube video that we're doing right now, you, when you just breathe in, I breathe in, we did kind of sync up there and I just felt, I just felt good, you know, it is. So I, I, that's right. And, and I did some yoga this morning and yeah. I did some praying yeah. and I, I did a little tapping. So, right. you know, right. we can feel like, um, you know, we don't need it. We, we can get on without it, but, but really if you try it, you might like it. <laughs> so I, I just like to tell a little story about, you know, when I was, um, in high school, I was a sprinter. I loved fast running. I was on the track team. And um, later in my life, when I got married, my husband was a distance runner. And I just always told him, I am not cut out for this. I'm not, I'm not a distance runner. I'm not cut out for it. But then he started asking me questions like, well, when was the last time you drank anything? Have you eaten anything? Have you? And I realized that I, I was always running in a depleted state. Wow. And I never knew that. And, and I had thought to myself that I, I didn't have endurance for distance running and it was because I was not resourced. And, and, and I think that if we give ourselves the resources and take the time, then we will have so much more endurance for this, you know, whatever this pandemic brings. Oh, Dr. Mary, that's perfect. I I, I tell you, uh, would you be willing to come back in the near future? (laughs) I want to talk to you about eight kids and time strategies and being efficient. And so I'd love to have you back on again soon. That would be okay. That would. Can we talk just for a minute about spirit strategies? Do you oh, have a minute? Let's do it. Yeah. I've, uh, um, yeah I, uh, I, I know I, you have clients. So. I just want to be very vulnerable, right? I, yeah, I have a, a client in just a few minutes, but I would, yeah, let's do it. Feel, yeah. feel free. That'd be great. Okay. So I think that it's so important to acknowledge the, the power of spirituality at this time. And, and maybe we've all sort of forgotten in our own ways or come away from our spiritual traditions. And we all do, you know, mm-hmm. we get distracted from what's most important to us. And it's, it's, there's no shame in coming back. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in reaching back at those things that have brought us peace in the past. And, and there's so many wonderful online worship resources. And, and so I'm going to share some of those on my site, you know, from many different denom- denominations and the ways that many different communities are are coming together um, to support each other spiritually. And it's just inspiring to me to see people acknowledge spirituality as an important factor. You know, um, Brene Brown just did this, you know, um, prayer gathering Mm -hmm. where, you know, 
tens of thousands of people or more really gathered to to come together, you know, different entrepreneurial, um, in different entrepreneurial spaces, they're saying, let's have a, a day of prayer, you know, let's, yeah. and, and it's, it's very powerful to come together spiritually. And, you know, even if you don't um, connect with an organized religion, there are spiritual practices that, um, what, what spirituality does, it gives meaning, purpose, and connects us with a community yeah. and, and, connects us with power that's greater than ourselves. Um, one of my favorite mindfulness uh, resources is um, shared by Dr. Tara, Tara Brock, and I will share that on my site. But it's this um, half-day retreat that we can participate in, in being mindful and, um, and go through different meditation exercises. So this is another way, you know, through mindfulness, meditation, activism, that we can connect with spirituality. No, so these are all wonderful, powerful tools. No, I'm glad. I appreciate you, uh, um, you know, uh, hanging in there with me there to get to that because yeah. you're absolutely right. And I feel like going back to it's never too late to kind of go back to some of those right. foundational principles. And I know even in therapy, I hear often that mm-hmm. I, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Or, or even if they're feeling like they're disconnected from their, you know, from God or, or family systems, or it's, it's never too late. I mean, it's absolutely not. That's a story my brain is trying to fuse to because it's path of least resistance, but you know, um, so I'm, I'm grateful you shared that. So, so where can people find you? So um, on Instagram, you can follow me at, at Dr. Mary wild. So D R M A R Y W I L D E. And there, there's a link there to my website, which is drmarywild.com. And, um, there I have a link, a a list of resources that I offer, um, as well as just some of my favorite informational and, um, helpful resources for families at this time of COVID-19. So I'd love to connect with you further. And, yeah. and Tony, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. On your show. It's been yeah. so wonderful. Let's talk again. Yeah, I can't. I, we will have, we'll have you on again soon. Yes. Thanks so much, Dr. Mary. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter